93.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. The Rundown Reload. Rundown Reload. It is the Rundown May 18th edition. I'm your host, Luke Lipinski, Michaela Perkins, producing as always. Hopefully everybody had a great weekend out there, or at least a relatively great weekend, all things considered. We're going to start with the last dance, the finale of the last dance last night. A couple things stood out to me. First and foremost, you can always tweet into the show at Rundown987. You can tweet me at Luke Lipinski. You can tweet Michaela at Michaela E. Perkins. I haven't seen every sports documentary ever, obviously. The Last Dance is the best one I've ever seen. So if you've seen a better one, I'm open to suggestions. I'm not saying you're wrong, because, again, I haven't seen them all. But we still don't have live sports, and I really enjoyed that one. So if you got another one out there, you're like, no, nah, you need to watch this one. Like, this is this is sports documentarianism at its finest. Or even if it's not as quite as good as The Last Dance, but it's still really good, send it my way. I mean, I, I watched a decent amount of the 30 for 30s. I'm looking forward to the one about Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa here in the middle of June. But not like I was looking forward to the last dance. So I, I I preface what I'm about to say by saying it's the best sports documentary I've ever seen. Ten episodes was was not overkill. I think they probably could have even gone another episode or two if they had to. But I think ten ended up being just right. But in those 10 episodes, we never once heard from LeBron James. That kind of surprises me. I put that question out on Twitter last night and and got a pretty, I don't want to say overwhelming, but a pretty strong response back to me of, yeah, why would he be in it? He means nothing to Michael Jordan. It has nothing to do with, with, with what's going on. Yeah, okay. I get that, and I want to clarify a couple things. If it were me... 10 episodes, and again, I, I think greatest sports documentary of all time. So I'm, I'm not even really nitpicking here. I just, I, I wonder why he wasn't part of it. Like, did they ask LeBron and he's like, eh, I don't want to? I don't think that was it. Did they not ask LeBron for a specific reason? I don't think it was an oversight. I understand that it wasn't about LeBron. It's not about the LeBron-Jordan debate, although that is clearly what was going on on social media afterwards last night. And I think I accidentally walked into that. So I, I, I get that there are reasons why you don't want to make LeBron a focus of it. And I certainly understand the whole, well, he wasn't a contemporary of Jordan. He never played against Jordan. So what does he really offer? That's a fair argument. And if that's their reason, I just kind of want to know why. Because I got to be honest, when they first showed the preview for a 10-part series on the I think the greatest basketball dynasty of all time. I think the greatest team of all time, with all due respect to the Golden State Warriors and some of those old Celtics teams. I think if Jordan doesn't go play baseball for two years, they win eight titles in a row. And when you look at some of the great teams that were completely denied titles in the 90s, some of the great players that never got titles, it's because of Michael Jordan. But when I saw that they were going to have a a 10-part documentary on him, I definitely expected to hear a little bit from Steph Curry and from you know whoever whoever James Harden Russell Westbrook whatever on how Michael Jordan impacted them growing up but even if it wasn't and I'm not even saying they needed to have all those guys I, I actually kind of found it refreshing that we just went in the time machine back to the 90s and really didn't have a lot of 
commentary from those players. I like those players, but maybe that wasn't the, the time or place for it. But LeBron, I think, is different because you know there's a debate raging. And, and that debate, by the way, is getting ugly among LeBron fans versus Jordan fans. We are talking about the two greatest basketball players of all time. With all due respect to some other really great players that are right there. The Kobe Bryants and Larry Birds and, and Magic Johnson. There's a lot of great players. But it's Jordan and LeBron. Whatever order you want to put them in. I'm amazed how many people have the debate by trashing the other one. They're talking about the two best players in NBA history. I don't understand. Like, if, if you are building up Michael Jordan as the best player of all time, how is your argument, yeah, well, LeBron used to defer too much, and they look at, look, he's lost a couple finals. The first finals he lost with Cleveland against San Antonio, it was just LeBron and four other guys they pulled out of the crowd wearing Cavs uniforms. And if your argument back, if you're a LeBron supporter and you're saying, oh, well, you know, Jordan, uh, look at the teams he had, or he couldn't do that in today's era, that's trash. To me, Jordan is the greatest competitor. If I had to win a game, I'd go with Jordan. But LeBron is superhuman in some ways. Like, he's bigger than Jordan and moves fast. Like, I just, I'll listen to arguments for each of those guys unless the argument for one of them is tearing down the other because we are talking about the two best players in NBA history. But again, I understand that this show, this series was not about that debate. I get that. But you had to know it was going to spark that debate. And that's why I'm surprised we didn't just have a minute from LeBron. And again, to be clear, I would not have asked Michael Jordan about LeBron. That's This was not about LeBron. But I would ask LeBron about Jordan. It's a 10-part series about Michael Jordan, essentially. Think of how many people they interviewed. And it was great. It was great hearing from Barack Obama talking about Michael Jordan's impact on the city of Chicago when he was there. And... It was great hearing from Kobe Bryant, certainly about Michael Jordan. That was one of the very best parts of the entire show. One of the most powerful parts. It was great getting all these different perspectives. I'm surprised I didn't hear LeBron say something about Michael Jordan. Because as much as those two, historically now, are being placed against each other head-to-head, I don't really think I've ever heard one talk about the other. I don't think we should have heard Jordan talking about LeBron. That's not what it's about. He, wasn't, he never faced LeBron. It was different when Jordan was talking about Kobe. Well, yeah, he was kind of passing the torch to Kobe in the late 90s. But I wouldn't have minded hearing LeBron's opinion of Michael Jordan because we heard so many different people's opinion of those Bulls teams and specifically Michael Jordan. And, you know, I say this, it's not like, it's not like there's a moment in 10 full episodes where I'm like, oh, they could have cut that out. I think they packed it full. I'm just surprised, and I want to know the reason why because... To me, that's too big of a name for it to just be an accident. The producers did such a great job on that series. And then remember, it wasn't even supposed to be out until next month. So they had to speed up production. They did such a great job on that. I I just, I can't in a million years believe that they were watching last night. And they're like, oh, you know what? We never interviewed LeBron. Because they did talk to Carmelo Anthony briefly. It was in one of those, like, commercial segments that felt like it was part of the show a few episodes back. And they talked to Dwayne Wade. Those guys were both in the same draft class as LeBron. I don't know. I just thought that was that was the one thing. I would have just added one minute. Let's get the opinion of one of the two greatest players in NBA history 
on the other one of the two greatest players in NBA history. But aside from that, amazing. Just amazing. We have a, a poll up on uh, ArizonaSports.com today. Did it make you like Michael Jordan more, less, or not change your opinion? And not change your opinion was was the overwhelming leader. Made me like Jordan more. I got to be honest. I know there's a lot of people saying, well, it, it, it just shows that he's not really human. He just he only cared about basketball. There was no depth to him. I didn't get that at all. Again, I was alive when Jordan was winning those titles, but I was I was a kid. I didn't really really totally appreciate it. I just know he was great. But I don't really remember Michael Jordan talking a lot about anything other than, you know, post-game quotes or whatever. So I enjoyed the fact that he was the main interview. I mean, they leaned on him overwhelmingly. They had all these different interviews that they they went to to get perspective, and I thought they did a great job bouncing back and forth between the 97-98 season where they had all the footage and then all the other years to build context. And I thought they did that in a way that was was pretty pretty comprehensive but not overwhelming or confusing. But the key was having Michael Jordan being the centerpiece and not as the subject, but as the almost the narrator in a lot of ways. I loved it when they would when they had an interview like they had the Isaiah Thomas interview and they just handed the iPad to Jordan and had him watch it live. Or the Gary Payton one. I don't know. If anything it made me like Jordan more because I think it did humanize him a little bit. And I know, I mean, I, I, I was looking at the stuff on social media last night. A lot of people, a lot of a lot of jazz fans saying, oh, yeah, don't don't buy into the Bulls hype that there was something wrong with that pizza they brought in. Or a lot of LeBron fans saying, oh, yeah, you know, this, this was basically done to make Jordan look good. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, you don't have to do anything to make Jordan look like an all time great basketball player. He did that for years and years and years. But again, I will go back to my stance on this debate, which has been this way now for five years. If you think Jordan's better, fine. If you think LeBron's better, fine. If your reasoning for one of them being better than the other is weaknesses in the other player in question, you're doing the argument wrong. Like, I don't know what to tell you. You are talking about the two best players in NBA history. It's just a matter of who's greater. Want to throw out this uh, this idea that's been floated over the last really last couple weeks, but it seems to be gathering some steam. So I want to discuss it here before we wrap up today's show. There's a lot of talk that the National Hockey League could come back 2014 playoff to decide the Stanley Cup champion. Now I don't want to get into all the politics of the country and everything, but we're seeing more and more states say, much like we already did here in Arizona, more and more states saying, yeah, we can open up to professional sports, no fans and, and obviously all that stuff, but, but to professional sports. Now, this is alternative. There are obviously so many more obstacles that have to be overcome. So you can't say anything with certainty until the players are actually out there on the ice or on the court in the NBA's case or on the field for baseball or whatever. But I've been hearing for a while now that the NHL believes they can pull this off. And if they can, I really like the format. I really do. 24 teams. Now, granted, yes, it gets the Coyotes in the playoffs for the first time since 2012. So I like that. But there was talk originally of, okay, well, let's come back and play out the season. Well, to me, that's stupid. Are you going to you're going to tell players on these on teams like Detroit and L.A. that have been out of it for two months before the season was even paused? 
that they now have to fly back from Sweden and Russia or wherever just to play meaningless regular season games in a time where even if if this proves to be safe for them to play, and I would hope they don't play if it's not safe, but even if it proves to be safe, it's going to be tentative and weird at first. It's one thing to be isolated away from your family or whatever and things to be a little tentative and weird, but you're playing for the Stanley Cup. It's another thing that you're the Detroit Red Wings and you've been in last place since the season started and you have to come out and just basically be a team for other teams to beat up for uh, another two weeks before the regular season ends. So I like the idea of just going straight to the playoffs. 24 teams. It's a little bit different, though. And I've been getting this question. It's a little bit different than what other people, or I I believe what people are are expecting at first glance. When they first said 2014 playoffs a couple weeks ago, my thought, and I know this is a thought a lot of people are having right now, is that's 12 teams from each conference. Top four going to buy five plays 12, six plays 11, seven, 10, eight, nine. It's not going to be like that if they do it. It's looking more and more like if the NHL does come back this season, it's going to be 2014 playoff. And the way they're going to do it is four groups of six. Essentially divisions, but it doesn't even out exactly perfectly. So the Coyotes division would be Vegas, Edmonton, Vancouver, Calgary, Minnesota, who's not in the Pacific, and the Coyotes. And they would play a five-game round robin, and you would add that record onto the record that you already had over the course of the season, and then you would go on points percentage. So I don't want to make this sound too complicated, but essentially, from the Coyotes' perspective, they would go into a playoff series. They would still have to play in the first round. Probably Vegas wouldn't, and I'm guessing Edmonton. So the Coyotes would either play Vegas, uh, Vancouver, rather, or Minnesota or Calgary in the first round. I mean, I love it because it's hockey. I love it because it's sports coming back. I certainly like the concept of having the Coyotes in the playoffs because I do think they still would have made it this year, or at least certainly had a pretty good chance if things had been normal. It's not just the Coyotes, though. There are teams in the Eastern Conference that had a better record but would have actually missed the playoffs if you just cut it right off because they had played less games. So this is probably the fairest way to do it. And I will say this. Take a look at, just take a step back and look at the idea here. A 2014 playoff, and nobody's played in over three months by the time this starts. The best teams are still the best teams, but you know there's going to be some surprise teams that make a run. And think about what the main factor always is in hockey goaltending, especially in the playoffs, goaltending. You get a hot goalie, he can win you a Stanley Cup. He can at least put you on his back and carry you deep into the playoffs. We saw it last year even with St. Louis. I think that's going to be amplified this time around. So if they really do this, yeah, teams like Tampa, uh, I believe Vegas is one of the best teams, Boston certainly, those top teams are still going to be the teams to beat. But the field's going to be evened out a little bit because nobody's played in three-plus months. So the, the two factors that really could change things, there are teams that had guys that were supposed to be out for the year. Well, they come back now. Some of them. But the one to really watch is how about teams that just have really strong goaltending? And oh, by the way, the Coyotes are one of those teams. So things could get interesting here if the NHL comes back this season. Because if they do at this point, I'm pretty firmly of the belief it's going to be a 2014 playoff. That means the Coyotes are in. And they've got better goaltending than 95% of the league when, when their goaltending's on. 
something to keep an eye on. Be nice just to have live sports. And by the way, if hockey comes back, then uh, the NBA is coming back too. All right, that's going to do it for us. We'll be back at it later on this week. Thanks to Michaela Perkins for producing. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Luke Lipinski. This has been The Rundown on ArizonaSports.com.